and welcome to Shining on the Spectrum. I'm your host, Quiana, and my daughter Ava was diagnosed with autism at two. Over the last six years, my mission has been to ensure she gets the love and support she needs so she can shine on the spectrum. Each episode, I'll be sharing insight into our six-year journey, and hopefully our experience will help you ensure your child shines as well. Now let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to episode five of Shining on the Spectrum. I'm your host, Kuyana Darden, and today we're going to get right into the good stuff. Um, I've been an autism mom for the last six years. I've learned so much on this journey. And I sat down and I thought, what are 10 things that I wish all parents knew? Whether you are new to the journey, your child was just diagnosed, whether your child has not even gotten a diagnosis yet, but you are pretty sure they're on the spectrum whether you're like me and you've been been on this journey for about five, six years, or whether you're an OG and you've been doing this for 10 years plus, um, there are some things that are super, super important that I'm going to be really honest with you, have nothing to do with ABA therapy, speech therapy, or any of the other therapies out there, has nothing to do with developmental pediatricians, or um, seeing a developmental pediatrician has nothing to do with a lot of the time what is discussed when it comes to having a child who has autism. These are some of the things that are super important to know that nobody's talking about. So 10 things that I wish all parents raising a child with autism knew. Let's get started right now. Number one, it is okay to feel all the feels. I felt every single emotion. I felt mad, like why, you know, mad mad and frustrated. Why did my daughter have to have, have excuse me, have to have autism? I felt uh, almost, um, I don't, I don't really know an emotion to put with it, but what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong in her first two years of life or during my pregnancy that led to her getting autism? Um, I felt extremely stressed out, like where I felt like I just wanted to shut down because I was frustrated with everything that was going on. I felt scared, super scared. What is her future going to look like? Um, you know, all of those things. I've been sad. So, all of the, and now I'm not going to say I, I have not had the positive emotions, and I'll touch on that in, in point number two, but I'm just saying that feel all the feels because a, a ton of negative emotions can can take hold, but understand that it also is healthy. It is, it's, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be all of these things. However, if you find that you're stuck there and you cannot get beyond the frustration, you cannot get beyond the sadness. You cannot get beyond some of those feelings that may take over. That is when I highly recommend that you go see someone and get some help because you may have something that is, you know, it may be impacting your mental health a little bit more than you can, in a way that you cannot manage on your own. And so if you are in that place, there's no shame around it, but definitely talk to a therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever you need to, to make sure that you're getting the support that you need to manage the emotions that you have. Um, and that's going to move us into number two, positivity trumps all. The reason why I named my company Shining on the Spectrum and this podcast Shining on the Spectrum is because too often once our children get an autism diagnosis, it's it's all negativity from there. <laughs> it's just so much negativity. It's like we are supposed to walk around with a dark cloud over our heads and it's just negativity. Your child can't do this. Your child won't be able to do that. Your child's struggling with this. Your child is having a hard time with that. You're frustrated at home. Maybe you're not working because you can't afford to work and manage all of your children's schedules and your your child's therapy schedules and all of this. 
You can't go out and do things by yourself. You can't put your child in these different, like all the things, right? There's so much focus on what is ne- what the, the negative parts of raising a child with autism. And we completely forget all of the beauty that comes along with our children. Like I know my daughter, she cracks me up. She's hilarious. She is always wanting to learn new things, try new things. Her, her smile lights up a room. Like she's just such an amazing child. And I focus so much on how beautiful she is, not just beautiful externally, even though she is a super cute little girl, um, but I also focus on her internal beauty and how that radiates when she walks in a room. Um, I focus on how far she's come in the last six years. I focus on how she's always interested in trying new things in gymnastics or cheer, or in, and now she's recently went into public school after being homeschooled her whole school career. So I think about all of those things and I celebrate her so much because she is just amazing. And I look at positivity from, from my side as mom, as, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm getting her the support she needs. I am making sure that she's progressing academically. I am putting her in opportunities to grow. I'm doing all of these things. And our family is able to shine on the spectrum because of that. So if you walk around and you allow that dark cloud to sit over your head 24-7 because things get tough, then how are you ever going to be able to experience joy in life? Is this just what you're going to allow your life to be? A life of struggle because your child has autism? I think that, I, and I'm not trying to negate anything that comes along with challenges of raising a child with autism or special needs or whatever. I'm not negating that, but I am saying that if you that your mindset is a huge factor when you think about how happy you are in your life or how not happy you are in your life. Because I could easily fall into this slump and just be like, oh my gosh, this is not what I expected. Like I, before I had my daughter, I was thinking about putting her in a school that was like a Spanish, English, um, dual immersion type of program. So she would learn both and be bilingual as a little child and she'd be doing piano lessons and all of these things. And I had this idea in my mind about how things would go for her, not knowing that I wouldn't even feel comfortable putting her in school in kindergarten because she couldn't talk, let alone be able to learn two languages at the same time. And I could have allowed myself to stay in that negative space and be like, oh my gosh, woe is me. I'm a victim because my daughter has autism and now I'm just going to be negative about it all the time. But that's not the case. I made the decision, the, 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 the decision to maintain positivity and celebrate her and look at the beauty that she is and the joy that she brings into my life and the lives of people around her. And that has really changed how I look at this whole autism thing. And I live every day with happiness and joy. And when I look at her, she brings me so much happiness and joy. So number two is definitely that positivity trumps all. Be realistic about what's going on with your child. I can name all the things she needs help with right now. (laughs) I'm an expert at all things Ava. That's my daughter. I'm an expert at Ava in terms of things that she needs help with. But I'm also an expert at Ava in terms of all of the the things she's amazing at and all of the great things that she brings into this world. So I like to just be, you know, I can do both. I can be, I can be realistic about what's going on with her and how I need to support her, but I can also be very positive about who she is. That is crucial. So number three. This is kind of in line with what I just said. And again, I'm not trying to be negative and I'm not trying to negate any of the struggles that you may have, but you are not a victim. We have to step out of victimhood 
as parents of children with autism. You're not a victim. No one did anything to you. Having your child does not make you like, oh my gosh, just woe is me. Everything sucks in my life. You know, everything's bad. Like you can take that mentality and you can choose to carry that mentality with you, carry that, carry that, um, you know, belief system. It's going to be tough. You're going to have a hard road if you look at being a parent of a child with autism as you being a victim and expecting um, pity from people all the time. That should not be your stance is, oh, I need pity because I have a child with autism. You may be looking for support and support is one thing. We all need support, whether you're raising a child with autism or not. All parents need support. All people, all humans, all women, all men need support. What we don't need is pity. Pity is not going to help you get anywhere in your life. It's not going to make you any happier and it's not going to improve your situation. So if you are someone who looks at yourself as a victim because you are raising a child with autism, then I really challenge you to change your mindset regarding that, okay? Number four, your child is not a project. I'm gonna repeat that. Your child is not a project. Your child is a person. It's a little boy, a little girl. If you choose to have like the non-gender identifying labels and all that stuff, your child is a person, okay? They may have struggles in different ways. You may want to increase uh, communication, decrease problem behavior, do different things like that. But don't look at your child as a project because when you look at your child as a project and something that you have to fix, somebody who you have to fix, you are not going to be able to see them for how beautiful they are right now today. Again, like I said, I'm an expert at Ava. I can tell you all the things that I want to want her to improve and all of the areas that I want to see get better um, for her. But I can also tell you that she's just a child. She's an eight-year-old kid who wants to have fun and who wants to cuddle and who wants to read books and who wants to play video games and who wants to go outside and jump on her trampoline and swing on her swing set and who wants to go to Sky Zone and bounce around and who wants... Um, you know, who wants to engage with people with ch other children may not exactly know how to, but she's really kind and sweet and she loves to learn. And she is a person. She's not a project. So don't look at your child as though they are a project and negate the fact that they're just children. Again, be realistic about where they stand. Be realistic about the things that you want to work with them on, but also realize that they're just children. And treat them as such and give them that love and support and all of that stuff that they need that have nothing to do with the fact that they have autism. Um, so that means making sure that every interaction you have with them and every uh, activity you sign them up for and every fun thing that you want to do with them is not based on, oh, well, they have autism, so I have to help them with this. Well, they have autism, so I have to help them with that. Well, they have autism, so I have to help them with that. Just look at them as a kid. For example, this is my daughter's spring break. She's been in school for about a month. She started about a month before spring break. So this is her first, her first spring break. And she's doing ABA therapy three to four days, three to four hours a day throughout spring break. But other than that, I'm allowing her to really just enjoy her break. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything fancy, big vacations or anything like that. Um, I'm, I am going to do some remediation with her for about 30 to 45 minutes a day. But beyond that, she's just going to enjoy her life. Last night, she stayed up until 11 p.m. She had no bedtime. This morning, she woke up when she wanted to because ABA didn't start until noon. Um, after after she gets out of ABA today, she's going to be able to chill and do her thing. And then 
I'll do 30 to 45 minutes of remediation with her based on her IEP uh, goals. But I'm not like, oh my gosh, she has autism, so I have to do this all the time. I have to be trying to work with her all the time because it can be overwhelming, not just for you, but also for them, okay? Your child is not a project. Number five, care about yourself first. Yes, I said first. Take care of yourself first because if you are constantly hyper-focused on what your child needs, not saying you're not saying that's wrong at all. Because of course, we're going to focus on the, on our child's needs because we're parents, right? But you cannot neglect yourself in the process. I make sure my daughter has everything she needs and more. She has way more than she needs in terms of love, support, in terms of material possessions, in terms of experiences. She has way more than she needs. But I do not neglect myself. I take a shower and, and I'm talking about basic things. I take a shower every night. I eat. Every night, I have dessert when I want it. I go and get a massage uh, about once a month. I get facials. I make sure my nails are done. I make sure my hair looks good. I take care of myself. When my mom's like, hey, can I can I get Ava for the night or the weekend or whatever? I'm like, cool, go have fun, hang out. I put my daughter in activities. And I, you know, now I'm at a point where I feel comfortable dropping her off at the activity. And then I go do my thing. Whether that's making a, a, a target run or whether that is uh, going home and taking taking a nap or whatever the case may be, depending on how long her activity is. I take care of myself. I still care about my career. And I'm not saying that everything that I do is what you should do to take care of yourself. But I'm saying you have to figure out what that thing is to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. So that your entire identity is not just that you are a parent, that you are a parent of a child with autism. Because what you're going to do if you solely focus on your child's needs 24-7, uh, 365, you are going to run yourself into the ground. And then who's going to be there to pick up the pieces? If you have a support partner there. So, for example, Ava's dad, um, he and I, I ended our relationship when she was 11 months old. He wasn't super active, active in her life between 11 months and three and a half. At three and a, at three and a half, he joined the military. Haven't seen him since. So I had a short period where Ava's dad was present, but not really. So for the most part, I've been a single parent her whole life. I had my mom who was there and amazing. And I leaned on my mom because she allowed me to lean on her. Now I'm in a new-ish relationship. We've been together for about two years now. And I lean on him. I allow him to support me. He watches her when I go get a massage or, you know, whatever the case may be. So allow others, whether that is family, friends, um, whether that is res it? Re respite care, respite care. I don't know how to say the word, but um, it's specifically care for parents or for people who are raising a um, someone with special needs or special health care needs, things like that. Allow that person to step in and provide support. Allow your significant other, the child's father, to step in father or second parent to step in and provide support where you can get it. If you don't have any support, guess what? Come up with another way. What I want us to stop doing is having excuses for everything. Well, I can't do this because that, and I can't do this because of that, and I can't do this because of that, and I can't do this because of that, because it's easy to make excuses for why you cannot. I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of that. You can't go to the nail salon, but can you paint your own nails? You can't go to the hair shop, but can you do your own hair? You can't 
go out and see a therapist, but can you do a virtual therapy session? You can, um, you know, get a pool membership, but can you get a like a cheap pool from Walmart and put it in your backyard if you have one? If you have a yard, like you can't afford a, a gym membership, but can you go walk around your neighborhood? Like you can't afford a gym membership, but can you buy some cheap weights from Target? There's always a way to find a way to take care of yourself if you are creative and if you don't look at yourself as a victim, okay? And I, I'm hoping, I really am hoping that this is not coming off as like harsh or judgmental because that's not, this is all 100% coming from love. And it's all coming from a place of knowing that you have to take care of yourself. And I know that first of all, as women, we are taught and told to take care of everyone else before ourselves. Even if we're not wives, if we're not in relationships, if we're not parents. Add, add on to the fact that you are a parent, of course you're expected to put yourself last. Add on the fact that you have a child with special needs, it's like, oh my gosh, when would I ever come first? But if we're going to be able to, to step into this role and really show up for our children and our careers and our significant others and our family and our friends and just enjoy life, then we have to take care of ourselves. It's essential. It's crucial. So that is where all of this is coming from. And I hope you take it and accept it all with like love, maybe a little bit of tough love, but love through and through. All right. Um, next, number seven, get support from people who want to give support. Quite often, I'll talk to uh, parents of children with autism, or I'll be in like support groups online and things like that. And there's a lot of complaining and, and expressing frustration and sadness and anger and all the feelings about not having the people who you would expect to support you support you. Like your siblings, your aunts and uncles, your your parents, your significant other, your child's um, father or, or you know, other parent, their mother if you are the father. Um, and there's a lot of that conversation and I get it. I'm sure it can be disheartening. Like I expected Ava's dad to want to, you know, support me in, in raising her and just in general. And then obviously when he found out that she had autism, I would have expected that he would want to be there even more, but guess what? He didn't. There's absolutely nothing I can do about that. I'm not going to, you know, you may have conversations with people who you expect to support you and you may share your feelings with them and you can try it and maybe it'll turn around and maybe they'll start providing the support you need. Because I'm going to go back. Sometimes they don't know how to support you. They don't have children with autism. They don't really know what you're going through if it's not the parent. Um, so they may not know how to support you. They may not know what you need. So before you just write them off and say, they're not giving me the support that I need, first of all, tell them the support that you need. And then if you're telling them, I need the support from you, I need the support from you, and they're not giving it to you then you cannot force them to do it. Think about how hard it is to change yourself. How hard is it going to be for you to change somebody else? Really, really challenging. So don't try to change them. Go and get support from people who want to give you support and leave it there. It may be a stranger. It may be someone who you would have never expected to be your support system. It may be somebody you find online. It may be somebody you find in a support group. It may be somebody you find in a Facebook group. You know, you never know who your support community is going to be there. And maybe somebody you, you have to pay. Part of your support community may be your babysitter. Part of your support community may be the person who does your laundry. Um, you just never know. So 
get get support from people who want to give support. Don't try to change people to make them into who you want them to be because you can't you can't change other people. All right, number eight, don't let anyone waste your child's time. This is one of the biggest ones. I think that often when you go into therapy sessions, they will use autism as the reason why your child's not progressing. They will say, well, your child's not making progress because they have autism. Let's wait six months, a year, two years, and let's see if things get better. And I do not believe in taking that uh, approach. Why? Because every day is important for your child. Every week, every month, and certainly every year, don't allow your child to sit in a program for three months, six months, and make zero, a zero percent improvement. Because guess what? A half of your, uh, a half of a year is now gone. That is a complete waste of your child's time. It's not worth it. They need more. And so, if you see that what's working or what you have them enrolled in the program, the person, or whatever is not working, that I need you to try something different. I recorded a podcast episode, I believe it's episode three, but I will go back and I will link it below in the in the show notes about how changing therapy, therapy providers can help your child progress. It's one of the best things I've done for my child is changing her therapy provider. It has allowed us to see drastic growth because sometimes a therapy provider just does not click with your child. Their methods don't click with your child. Your child just needs something different. And um, instead of just waiting around and hoping that maybe things will get better, try something new, try something different. Because quite often we blame the child with autism instead of sometimes looking at the adults in the situation where we're supposed to be helping them. So in that case, it will be the therapist. Okay, so don't let anyone waste your child's time. Every minute, every session is valuable. Um. Number nine, there are good people out there. And this is one of the biggest lessons I had to learn because I was scared other than my direct family, like my mom, my brother. Um, I didn't trust really anybody. I was the mom who was always there in every single speech therapy session, every OT session. Um, when they didn't want me sitting in, I was like, well, I'm sitting in or I'm taking her somewhere else. ABA therapy, I sat in and I watched a lot of the sessions, even when it was time to drop her off. I would, um, and I couldn't go in the back because of COVID. I sat in the lobby for four hours at a time while she was back there and they checked in with me every 30 minutes so I could look at her face and see that she was okay. And I worked out in the lobby, brought my laptop and um, had their Wi-Fi and I was good to go. I was that parent because I did not trust other people with my child. I did not trust that they would treat her with love and kindness and respect um, because there are so many children who are um, neurotypical who are not treated with love, kindness, and respect. And so I'm like, well, my child has speech delays and she has this, this, and that, and the third. And so that I trust them even less. But I'm realizing as I allow her to go out into this world more, that there are some really amazing people who will care for your child, who will love them, who will treat them with kindness when you are not around. And so I'm not saying to trust everybody. I'm not saying to believe that everyone should be alone with your child or um, you know, care for your child and all that kind of stuff. But I am saying to, to when you find someone who does really good by your child to um, appreciate them, let you know, let them know you appreciate them and just be gracious, be 
have gratitude for that because you don't come across it every day, but when you find it, just be thankful. Um, and just know that there are good people. There, there are just good people out there. I, um, my daughter had recess for the first time on Friday and because she has like a, a really split schedule, she does like half day school, half day ABA. And based on how her schedule was, she never went to recess. She would go play outside at ABA therapy. Um, and I was kind of scared that she would just sit and play on the playground by herself. And when I went and picked her up from school, her teacher told me that there was a little girl who from the general education classroom who played with her the entire time. And it just warmed my heart. When she goes to gymnastics, she has a nice, she has a little buddy there. And so even though she doesn't have the speech to really communicate and have the conversations, like, you know, full-blown, typical eight-year-old conversations, there are some really nice, caring children and adults in her life. And I am extremely grateful for all of them. Number nine, number 10, last one. Autism does not have to take all of the sunshine out of your life. If you remember nothing else, remember that you can shine on the spectrum. Your child can shine on the spectrum. Your family can shine on the spectrum. Um, you can experience joy and love and happiness. One thing I know I was I was scared about was, you know, being a single woman with a child with autism and dating. Woo! I was nervous. I was like, am I ever going to find someone? Not only is it tough enough to find someone, it's tough to find someone when you have a child. And then let's add on the fact that it's even tougher to find someone when you have a child who has special needs. Like, come on. And I found that. Um, also, it doesn't have to stop you from experiencing things that you enjoy in life. It doesn't have to stop you from having a career. Um, it doesn't have to stop you from going out and doing things you enjoy, traveling, going out to eat. I know that everybody's situation is different. Everyone's because autism is such a spectrum. But I will say, instead of just saying, oh, I can't, and looking at yourself as a victim, try to be creative in uh, how you approach life so that you can experience more sunshine and less rain. Because if you take the victim approach and if you're negative all the time about everything, it's going to be hard for you to find any joy on this journey. It's going to be so tough because you're only thinking about the negative. Um, but I'm, I think this episode is almost at 30 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. But I, I felt like I could talk about this stuff all day. If we could wrap it all up, I would say that your mentality, your mindset about having a child with autism is a huge part of your experience. Your mindset is a huge part of your experience. So what I would recommend is that if you find that you struggle with like maintaining some of that positivity in your life, there are amazing books, podcasts, audiobooks, different things out there that you can read, um, that you can listen to, YouTube videos, things that are free, things that are paid. Um, and if you could really work on your mindset in general, that would be extremely, extremely powerful on this journey so that you can shine on the spectrum. So I hope this was helpful for you. I know that the things that I talked about today are not typically what um, you know, we talk about when it comes to raising a child with autism. I'm going to go through them one more time that I'm going to wrap up. One, feel all the feels. Two, positivity trumps all. Three, you are not a victim. Four, your child is not a project. Five, care for yourself first. Take care of yourself first. Six, celebrate your child. Um, seven, get, get support from people who want to give support. Eight, don't let anyone waste your child's time. Nine, there are good people out there. And 10, autism doesn't have to take all the sunshine from your life. Actually, as I'm thinking about this, I don't know if I did number six, which is celebrate your child. When I say celebrate your child, I referenced this earlier. 
it's you want to celebrate them exactly where they are, see see the beauty and the love and the joy in who they are right now instead of looking at them as a project. Celebrate them for who they are right now. So example, my daughter went to recess for the first time. Oh my gosh, amazing, cool. You you did that. That's a that's a cause for celebration. My daughter competed in her last, this was her first season of competitive cheer for a special needs team. Her very last um, performance was this weekend. She cried her entire performance because they had to stand in a dark area right before they went out on stage. She usually loves performing. So she cried her entire performance. But I still celebrate the fact that she went out there and she did it. She stayed out on the stage. She did the movements. She was just so emotional from having to stand in an area that was a little dark. Um, she was able to go from a uh, special ed- special needs gymnastics class with one-on-one support to being in a general inclusive um, gymnastics community or a team. And I just signed her up for two weeks of gymnastics camp. And I know she's going to do amazing. I'm celebrating that. I celebrate her when she remembers her morning routine. I celebrate her when she when we're out. We went out to eat on uh, Saturday night, and she asked to throw her trash in the trash can. We were sitting at the table because she knows trash goes in the trash can now on the table. I celebrate her <laughs> when she does things that are small. I celebrate her when she does things that are big, and I know that it impacts how I look at her. I know that it impacts how she looks at herself because. You talk about the voice. Well, they say, you know, if you speak positively to plants, they grow. Imagine what would happen if you did that to other humans, speaking positively to them. So I know that if I'm if I'm going to speak positively to my plant, I'm for darn sure going to speak positively to my child and celebrate her where she is. So that is all. Those are the 10 points. If you want to connect outside of the Shining on the Spectrum podcast, feel free to follow me over on Instagram. I have some cool links in my, my bio um, so you can learn more about other things that I have going on. Um, And other than that, I will talk to y'all in the next episode. Take care. Bye.